the cozy sound booth in downtown Chicago that brings you all of Medill's wonderful podcasts. It's the American Soccer Show. Eric Alcantar here with Emma McConnell, and we're here to talk all things soccer in America. Uh, we're on a Friday this week because scheduling things. Is it safe to say? Uh, well, Wednesday was tough Act. because we... Um, we went to a Chicago Sky game. Which is a basketball that, team. On deadline. <laughs> wow. Uh, speaking of basketball, well, if you're not from Chicago, you might not know that. I suppose that's true. Uh, we did a crossover podcast with the mostly basketball girls that you can also listen to this week, and yeah, I'd say let's get this thing going because we got MLS things to talk about that happened nearly over a week ago in some cases, and exactly, yeah, yeah. over over a week. Oh yeah, my right. God, yeah. So, and then we also have to talk about a Champions League final, the U.S. Open Cup, the U.S. Men's National. It's a loaded week, despite feeling like it's the end of the season. So let's just get right into it. Yeah, let's go. Uh, last Wednesday, Vancouver Whitecaps 2, San Jose Earthquakes 2. It was a fun game. Both teams scored some nice goals. Uh, Danny Husen, in particular, great run, touch, and chip for San Jose's first. Had a good, solid play, that one. That, well, I mean, we, we bashed the Earthquakes, but between Husen and, uh, and Vaco, they have a decent forward line. They, I thought they played well this game, San they Jose. Did. A little unlucky. Vancouver seems to get results late in games at home. Vancouver, back-to-back 2-2 draws. But we'll come back to that because that's actually kind of funny. Uh, we'll jump to Friday. Toronto 2, Orlando City 1. Toronto needed this, right? They absolutely they oh, needed it so time. badly. They finally had two center backs again, so Bradley was able to not play on the back line, which I'm sure helped. Big time. I mean, he's like he's a good player. He can fill in there. He's a constant professional, but that's they, they need to have him elsewhere. Yeah, and uh, Ryan Telfer, he had a great game for Toronto on this one too, and they desperately need someone to step up. With all the injuries they've had and Jovinko's suspensions, I, I, you know, I'm not saying he needs to do it every week because I don't think he's capable of it. But you just every week you need somebody to have a game like that where they're putting. He was putting in some great, uh, some great tackles. He's making some good runs. He scores the goal. He scores one of the goals. Beautiful. But that's not you know that's not the only thing he does. He was consistently a nuisance playing on the left hand side. I, you, you need that, especially when your big name guys uh, are injured or out. And the team's lacking uh, players, someone who can step up like that, who's pretty unknown, I would yeah, say. I would say he's that, 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 that's that's massive for Toronto, especially against an Orlando team that's been red hot, even with the loss to, uh, to Atlanta the week before. Agreed. Uh, so now Orlando have lost back-to-back games after winning five in a row, perhaps a cooling-off period for them. You talked about the fact that you thought that their upcoming schedule was a bit tough for them. And, well, so far, so good on that front for you. Yeah, they got the, um, the Atlanta-Toronto games. I mean, Toronto's not as good as they've been, but having to play like those teams is always going to be hard for them. Especially they're, they're, in Toronto. And they, the they still have a decently hard part uh, left, but I would argue that through the hardest part with Atlanta and Toronto, again, even though Toronto hasn't been their usual best. Right. Uh, they did not have Yoshimar Yotun as he was serving a suspension for yellow card accumulation. Uh, that was fast. That's really early. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess you'd rather get out of the way early, right? Uh, and no Dom Dwyer due to injury. So, you know, clearly the win has been invalidated for Toronto. No Dom Dwyer. May as well have not happened. Well, it, it's like when, uh, what is it, Houston played Toronto and they didn't have anyone on their team. Uh, is this the win? Oh, I was just going to say, is this the win that turns Toronto's fortunes, do you think? No, nah, I don't think so. Orlando still looked good. They were dangerous. Whenever they... I guess I'm looking more to – it probably does speak to the Toronto, but they, they looked shaky at times too, especially late in the game when Orlando was pushing. So they, they still have work to do to, like – I don't see them, like, just winning five games in a row and immediately jumping into, like, fourth or third place and, like, 
having like a breath of fresh air, you know. That's fair. It's it's going to take more than just one result, but I do think this is kind of a right a step in the right direction. But we've also said that before as well. We have said it before. So we'll see how that goes. Jumping to Saturday, NYCFC four, Colorado Rapids zero. Um, yeah. David Villa scored twice on David Villa Day in New York City. How about that? I, that was so weird when they had that announcement. The announcer, like they had the celebrating David Villa and his 400 goals and all the stuff he's done. And then the announcer is like, and the city of New York announces today is official David Villa Day. And I was wondering, I was like, is that like every year from now on, <laughs> I this would, guy gets his own day? That'd be amazing. Hey, the t- reasons to come to New York City, they will name a day after you. For scoring a bunch? They need for, more reasons, but yeah. Uh, Patrick Vieira, he moved to a three-man back line. Interestingly, I don't, I don't think this is a permanent change, but we'll see because I think it was just done to match Colorado's usual three at the back formation. This is what a lot of, you know, top-class managers are able to do. They're able to kind of set up for that week specifically to say we're going to counter their back line with the same. So they, I, I, I feel like there's a more a better explanation for this other than just matching the formation to counter. It's no, I get what you're saying. That was the thing. I mean, I've been jumping across the sea. That was what uh, Arsenal did to Chelsea last year's oh. FA Cup final, right? Yep. So it's Arsenal still does it to Chelsea. Yeah. So it, it is a thing that they uh, should stop doing that. Uh, and, and I think it is a good counter against someone like Baji, who is just looking to peel off the shoulder of the last defender. So you do have that extra help. Yeah. The Portland Timbers defeated LAFC two to one. This is a fun game. Great game. Uh, neither team was particularly sharp. I'll say that. But Portland's first goal comes from a Diego Valeri free kick. Tyler Miller saves it, but has it get away from him and kicked in by Christian Paredes. He was visibly frustrated with himself after the goal. Do you think Miller should hold on to that? I think, I don't know. I think he, what he did was all right. He, he looks like he's just getting frustrated in general. Uh, just some of the goals that have gone in, some unlucky, some, you know, things going wrong. It, I can see why, like when, stuff like, when stuff like that continues to happen, you concede goals that, like, you think shouldn't be going in. Yeah, that happens. Especially as a goalkeeper, you, you almost think you should catch everything. That's true. Unless yeah. you're a goalie I know who the goalies are their everything. hardest are their harshest critics most of the time. Yeah, their own. Yeah. So I, I see what you're saying there. I, I think he could have done better as well. But I, I see what you're saying that you know in the moment it's easy to say he could have caught it or he could have pushed it out of bounds. The reality is he has a split second to think about it and he's kept it from going in the goal, which is his main objective. Yeah. Uh... He, he also had, what was it, the penalty save against Villa, right? Yeah, and then he had it headed in by David Villa, which is something that only David Villa could do, of course. It's it's, it's like un- it's unlucky. I think it's just a, a, like an adding-on frustration, stuff like, a play like that where you save the penalty, you should be in the clear, but it comes back out to him. and like it, it's just I think it's just a adding-on pressure for him. Carlos Vela loves the spotlight, it seems like. Another nationally televised game on Bart Simpson Fox, and his goal was a beauty. I, there's nothing Atanella could have done about it. It was fantastic. Exactly in the top corner. It's it, it seemed like a, he's done that before. It was like in their first game or something. He did something like that, or it's one of their first home games. He did the same exact shot. Yeah, he's a he's a really talented player. So no, no surprise he got called into the Mexican national team. Um, Samuel Armenteros. He's the one that leads the counterattack for the Timbers and eventually just has a go at the goal because nobody ever closes him down. That's how the second goal comes for the Timbers. Yeah, it was odd. Like, So the interview after the game with him... <laughs> he it, couldn't believe it. Yeah, the interviewer was like, walk me through that goal, which I, I'm always a little hesitant as a question because I think players usually just go, yeah, I just kind of saw the shot and I hit it. <laughs> but he like actually explained, he's like, yeah, like I turned with it and ran and like the defenders didn't get close to me, so I just... Took it. Yeah, which was like right, a good right. insight. And you look back at it and you're like, yeah, Walker Zimmerman. You just Nobody closed him down. Yeah, never I makes mean, an effort. Th- this ball comes off of a corner. He takes it the whole length of the field and then scores. I mean, in, in that time, 
No a, one closed them down. That's a lot of fields to cover. It's a coach's worst nightmare. Yeah, it is. Absolute worst nightmare. I'm sure they got yelled at by Bob Bradley for that one. Uh, it's an extra bullet, too, by the way. It was a great shot. I mean, everything about that play by him. I think it's a nightmare for Bob Bradley, but for the Portland Timbers, it was. it's the best kind of goal possible. You A man hustling on a corner kick takes it all, all the way on the other side of the field and then scores it. Can't ask for much more. Yeah, that's rare. Like, it's... It was, it was really end-to-end goals like that. Yeah, from one player, you get tired. Things happen. It's hard to. Or it's usually the pass up is because you get closed down, and that's what you're supposed to do, right? You bring the pressure to you, and then you lay it off because you know if it's three on two, someone you normally think would close you down, and that's when you pass off. Nope, that never happened. So it's a fifth straight win for Portland, tenth straight win at home, which is the second most in league history. It's a fortress there in Portland and a former baseball stadium. Yeah, they did some. We'll give them. Some, they did some renovations on it. It's not Yankee <laughs> Stadium, but they, they seem to have found their form after a, a tough. Yeah, they, start. they had a tough start, so it's good to see them kind of rebound. They're a good team. So, it looks like they figured out yeah. most of their defensive uh, mistakes, and they've also adopted the aesthetically pleasing Christmas tree formation, the four three two one. Love that. Formation. Yeah, it, great stuff from Savarese. Uh I think we mentioned earlier on the podcast they were. Still favorites to be higher up in the West, so it was always a matter of time for them. back candidates, but you know it's always unnerving when you see a team start off like because yeah. you never know. Sometimes you fall in that ditch and you never get out, or you get out of it too late. And it, it's it, it's uh, yeah exactly. But uh, five wins in a row either is you like can't question that. That's unbelievable. Yeah, uh, FC Dallas two and Vancouver Whitecaps two. So it was now three straight draw two two draws for the Vancouver Whitecaps. <laughs> They're really uh, <laughs> expanding their horizons there. Reggie Cannon. The beauty that put FC Dallas up early, 19 years old. He's been fantastic that? for them. Kind yes, of like he a, has. He, he's someone who's gotten a lot of. I mean, if you've been paying attention to Dallas, they kind of <laughs> get, don't get a lot of attention. But yeah, really, we're giving them attention on this. Really show. highly rated uh, fullback for them. Uh, I've been really impressed with him and that just his, yeah, his speed, his composure in general. People are starting to talk old. about you know his ability to join the national team in the near future. I mean, if he keeps pl- I, it, like he keeps healthy, doesn't get injured. Real possibility. I believe so as well. He's, he looks like he's one for the future. He's also from Chicago. I didn't know that. Fun fact. Yeah, fun facts on this show. Fire might have to get him. So here's the other thing. Dallas were up 2-0 after 82 minutes, and things went south quickly. So this was not a great performance for the for the uh, FC Dallas at the end. Wild finish here because an own goal got Vancouver to within a goal. And seven minutes of stoppage time was given, which you would think would be the most of the weekend. But, oh, no, we'll get to that. Kai Kamara stepped up to the spot and scored. For the penalty, and I'm not convinced it was a penalty, honestly. Uh, Maurer absolutely clotheslines Blondell, but this happens on so many corners, and it never gets called. Like, I just I feel it was harsh, and I know it sounds crazy because I, I I'm basically admitting he clotheslined him. But but because you say it, well, I mean, so that, I had the same argument when the Union lost. Uh, I think it was Colorado game. Maybe it was Dallas. No, it was Colorado. I think it was Colorado. Ah, whatever game it was, they all melted into one disaster. One long disaster after another. But um. Trusty like pulls back his defender a little bit, just very slightly, and the penalty is called. And like it's a foul, but it's just never called. It's like so surprising to see, and especially because like kind of the impact of what it does when you make that call. I'm okay with it being called more consistently. I know as like a you know member of the goalkeepers union, I would argue, I you would expect me to argue that it shouldn't be a penalty. I I think that goalkeepers are protected in the sense that when they foul people, it's less likely to be called. Right. But when they also get fouled horrifically, like they're, it's just a regular foul. Like I've seen so many times a player go studs up high, nail a goalkeeper, and it's like not even a card, which is just absurd. So I'm okay with that being called. 
the aforementioned Philadelphia Union won 4-1 against Real Salt Lake. I had to check the score three times to make sure it was right. Hilariously enough, not a single goal scored by C.J. Sapong. I mean, yeah, that, that, that is correct. I don't know what you to say about that. The rest of the team looks really good. I mean, Akam hasn't really been great, but Pico, who was really good for the Union on the left wing last year, has slotted into that role and been phenomenal. Epps on the right wing has been really impressive, and El Senio off the bench, that midfield three, like attacking three in the 4-2-3-1, complemented by Bedoya and Madunian behind them, has potential for games like this. I mean, last year they only won by like multi-goal games. I think there was like one or two or they won by one goal. So this was kind of like a return to like some of this where they kind of started finding their form last year, but I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Yeah. Uh, the New England Revolution, they lost to the Columbus Crew 1-0. The Crew went into the Foxborough Fortress and defeated the Revolution thanks to a late goal by Lalas Abubakar. It's the first Revolution lost at home in seven matches for them. I think this kind of goes, I mean, the Revs you expect to score at home. This kind of credit also be given to, the, to Greg Berhalter and the Crew here. They started strong and then had like kind of a down patch where yeah. no one really knew where they were going to end up. Now and it looks like they're they're finally getting some some rolling here as well. They've got a lot of consecutive victories here as well. I think it's three. Yeah, they they've been on an absolute roll and they're one point out of first place at this point. So like <laughs> here they come sneaking up again up the table. I think it's pretty fair to say that between them, the Red Bulls, NYCFC, and Atlanta, that should probably be the top four teams unless Toronto has a major turnaround. Yeah, I'd say that we'll. I mean, it's still early, but yeah, I, I do see where you're going with that, and I would probably have to agree with that, just, just the way things look now. Just because of the disparity in the East. I mean, Orlando also probably has the ability to break into that group. Yeah, and plus now we're evening out the games played a little more, so it won't be as weird. Like, like we talked yeah. about FC Dallas last week, it played like two less games than some teams they, that were six points below them. So Yeah, they, and they played like, and like when it's early in the season, it's way more accentuated too. Yeah. If it's like 32 versus 34, it's not as obvious as when it's 9 and 11. Right. Uh, the San Jose Earthquakes, they got beat by D.C. United 3-1 at home. This was 3-0 before the 40th minute. So, uh, good day at the office for D.C. United. Rough one for San Jose. Maybe they get a little bolster from the news that Wayne Rooney's going to come. They decide they don't need him to score goals. More so, I think, San Jose. Super disappointing. They played really well in Vancouver. And, and then, then to do this. Yeah, yeah, and they just do this at home. It's the Earthquakes way, unfortunately. Uh, Minnesota United held Kansas City to a 1-1 draw. A good result, I think, even though it's at home for Minnesota, I think it's a good result for them, given how good Kansas City have been this season. Yeah, absolutely. Which is like, I don't know if it speaks more to the fact that Kansas City's been great or that Minnesota's been super underwhelming, given the fact that Calvo, Francisco Calvo's been like, we need more attention <laughs> given to us. That, well, this what? kind of performance can get you some. I mean, I know a 1-1 draw doesn't sound spectacular, but again, supporting Kansas City, it's a good team. You didn't look completely lost out there for the most of it, so... That's a good good result. Uh, Darwin Quintero's equalizer comes after he heads the ball straight to Team Amelia, who punches it down and accidentally hits his foot. <laughs> and then it comes, and then you know Quintero's able to tap it, tap in. it in. But that's why you don't. That's why you don't punch generally. You you parry. <laughs> well, there you go. That's what happened. But Amelia's a great goalkeeper. Yeah, he'll win you more points. Them, but yeah, that was that was pretty rough. That that's one that he'd like to have back. Yeah, but I think he'll get, he won't lose too much sleep over that. Yeah. All right, national TV game. Uh, that is, if you consider the Unimas games national TV. Or the Twitter stream, in my case. Oh, yeah. You, you were at the game, though. Yeah, I know, but I can't watch the Unimas games except for on Twitter You don't stream. have an antenna? You don't just go out and buy an antenna? Just find one on someone else's house and just take it in. Well, okay, fine. Do that, too. You, <laughs> literally an antenna. It costs like 10 bucks. 
No. You can get it over. Oh. Do they get? Do you get? Unimas, yeah. Unimas, oh. yeah, it's a it's an over the air network. Not in every city, but like it's not worth common. it. I was at no, the game. <laughs> well, okay, that's fair. I'm leaving pretty soon anyway. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, this was not a fun game for the Fire to lose. Uh, the way they played, I, at least from how I saw it, sitting on my couch because you know I don't get to sit in the press box. <laughs> fancy, uh, fancy, fancy, fancy. I thought they played well for the most part. It's just that the, the they were tied. And then it kind of got away from them, kind of against the run of play, I almost want to say. And it, it got away from them after that point. It was almost like kind of the third goal, obviously in a 3-2 game, the third goal is back-breaking. But extra in this case, because they had fought back against the Dynamo, yeah. and it just kind of leads to nothing. And it's one of those results that at home, you've you not only dropped points, but you will come out of it thinking that you could have done so much more. I mean, absolutely. The thing is, the Dynamo... I, I played to their game plan. Warren Rosen's now Houston Dynamo. Yeah. Uh, the, the Right? So every single one of their goals was just a breakaway with a counterattack and go. And the Fire didn't defend against that well enough. I mean, the first goal, Kyoto gets played in by an absolutely brilliant pass, pass by Tomas Martinez, surrounded by three players, and he uh, puts away the 1v1 with Sanchez. There was the penalty. not have a good game either. Yeah, he didn't have... Well, you can't blame him for that one, but for the other goals. He gives away the penalty on the next one. Yeah, that was rough. He, he was just kind of slow off his line. I mean... It's an understatement. He was, and he did it again later. Yeah, he did it again He's later. He's lucky he didn't get the yellow he for penalty. Have, he honestly should have been sent off. Yeah. Not for both... Like, both fouls combined, so two yellows. Yeah. He should have probably been sent off. But, I mean, I, lucky the fire, I guess. I don't... I don't know. Uh, and for him. I wanted to talk the Kyoto goal. It's a good run, but Kevin Ellis chasing after him reminds you a little bit that Kevin Ellis is actually kind of a center back. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, a little undersized for center back, though. So uh, we're just gonna go ahead and say it. I, you know, as we jumped on the Kevin Ellis train a couple weeks ago, I think teams may be starting to figure out that if if the you get if the oh my goodness if the fire same team basically are, are playing with a four man back line, getting in behind them isn't that difficult. Which no. I think might be the reason why Belko Panovic originally tried to go to a five. Why he's not doing it anymore? There might be multiple reasons. Who knows? But. I almost would like to ask Valko Panovic if he believes that this team can play with a four-man back line as currently assembled. It's, I think Ellis just gets pulled out too far, and that gap in the channel is just gaping. It is, and without, the again, that extra center back as cover, it really hurts. If, but if you're not as much of a pacey fullback, I think you kind of got to know, especially going against someone like Kyoto, that you stay tucked in, you keep him wide, and you let him run wide. And you stay with him, and hopefully you can get him before he gets the end line and cuts it, cut it, cuts in. But that's even a better scenario than him cutting in the channel and getting that much space. Uh, but fun- interestingly enough, the um, All Star voting has begun in MLS, uh-huh. and Ellis is one of like the eight fire players who is uh, available to be voted into the All Star game. Well, you know what we have to do now: hashtag Kevin Ellis All Star. Maybe he'll be the captain. Oh yeah. Uh, if not for sure, he'll be one of the commissioner's picks. Yeah. Oh, with two goals like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great. The great ball by Schweinsteiger. Let's talk a little bit more about positive things. Uh, Schweinsteiger sets up a great cross by Vincent with a good ball of his own, and Nikolic is able to slide it home for the draw. And then you know, no Dax McCarty in this one. It didn't seem like it was that big of an issue in terms of creativity, at least not until the end when they couldn't find the third goal. But I mean, if the fi- if I had told you the Fire were going to score twice, you'd probably say, "Well, that's a probably a good result given that they've lost McCarty. They've lost a lot of creativity in that midfield." Yeah, um, but listen, I think the midfield might be one of their strongest positions uh, because, I, I mean, you, you give me that look, but they have McCarty. They <laughs> I rolled have, my eyes at him. 
they have Shrine Sager, they have Tony Chani, they have Mo Adams, who I, I've been, I've thought who's been serviceable in that role. So I have four guys who can play in that position, whether or not they're playing two or three there. Like it, it, it I don't think that they were missing him as much as you'd expect. Yeah, I think that for sure. I think that they were able to compensate, and perhaps that may actually speak more though to how average Dax McCarty's kind of been this season so far. Yeah, he has not. He been has impressive. not been spectacular, and so when you had to replace him, re- the reality is that he was replaceable. At this point, yeah. And he sh- I think hopefully he sees that and says, okay, I need to start playing better because, I, honestly, the creativity in this game was about where it was before, if not slightly better. Again, Schweinsteiger looked pretty good making those passes. When he has that freedom, yeah, he can Yeah, when he has the really freedom, I think that's another thing. The Fire need to be able to get him that freedom, because but they can't because they have to keep asking him to track back. Yeah. I didn't. I mean, like, that's what you're kind of hoping is that you have either McCarty, Adams, or Chani who can kind of sit back for him, which they did try to do this game. Um, but they also kind of, I don't know. I, listen, they got the two goals in, like, two minutes, right? Yeah, they were in quick succession. The, the second goal, was I thought, was really nice. Yeah, it was because, you know, Campos scores after Ellis crosses it to Nikolic, who just flicks it to Campos, making the run in behind. It, it was honestly one of the best-looking goals of the season so far. And it, was, it seemed so simple. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Like, uh, Nikolic just sees, always making a run, just tap it behind the defense. Um, and he's, like, three feet away, so it can be difficult to make that pass, but he does it perfectly. Campos gets his first goal. And you think... Okay, fire. Just don't get hit on the ca- don't get hit on the yeah, counter now. That's, that's the only way that they're probably going to get you is Kyoto, uh, Manotas, or um, Ellis are going to hit you on the counter. But that's what they gave up. Two yeah. more counter goals. Ellis, they made Ellis look like a monster in this game with the way he was constantly getting them on the counter attack. And the third goal, he just I, I don't know who he's going up against. I think it's uh, I think it's Lillard, but he just. He just keeps backpedaling. Lillard, whoever it was, just keeps going back and back and back and back. It might have been Ellis actually, because it was off. I think it was off a corner kick. Yeah. And he just and Ellis just keeps running and running and running, and he's in the box and gets his head up, and he can just hit a shot from like fifteen yards away, and it's Sanchez can't do anything about it. I'm, I'm just gonna we're gonna end with this. I think I'm gonna petition. I think Daniel Johnson deserves another shot at right back. Daniel Johnson. He's, he seems a little undersized at right back, but he, he was. I mean, he, he seemed like a good player when he got a little time a, on. He's an engine. He's got an engine on him. He's not afraid to put in a challenge. I, I don't know. I mean, look, I, I, Popanovic seems to be in the business of rewarding players that show him something in training. I mean, I, I obviously don't know what he's doing in training, but he strikes me as the kind of player who, you know, he's making hard tackles three hours into practice. I, I don't see why not. I, I think his one appearance at right back this season was pretty good. I'd like to see him get another shot at it because I just. I don't know. I, I don't. If with Matt Polster, the in, the news that he's going to be out still like another few months because you know he, like mm-hmm. re-injured his MCL. I don't. I just don't think it's the answer. And you know, we thought yeah. Rafael Ramos might be able to be that answer. He has been atrocious in the time we've seen him on the field to the point he, where he did come Toto in, in this game. And he came in this game at the end against the Dynamo, but as more of like a, a winger. He came in for Ellis. Right. Yeah. Because he's, he's he's a hybrid. He can do both. Uh, and he was okay. He put in some good crosses. So it, I guess that's kind of a second chance for him. I do think that Ellis was a short-term option, and this was a chance for people to fight for their jobs again. Yeah. Or maybe they have to go back to the, the, the five-back line. And, uh, yeah. But hopefully without Schweinsteiger, because I, I think you're as good as he is at it. You don't want him there. You want him creating. Absolutely. Right. All right. Well, we'll move on to the, the other...
primetime game. Uh, Atlanta United hosted the New York Red Bulls. The New York Red Bulls went into Atlanta and really dominated. They Now, Atlanta did get out to the early lead thanks to Ezekiel Barco, who's now scored in three of the last four games. So, again, heating up, it seems like. Be, beginning to live up to that light, uh, price tag. So then, Joseph Martinez scored only to have it overturned by VAR because of a foul he allegedly committed. Now, I have looked at that replay a hundred times. I, I, he, he was robbed. There was no foul there. And MLS has doubled down. The, the, like the office of referees or whoever it is that makes these statements was like, no, there was a foul. I'm like, are you out of your mind? Are we looking at the same play? Help me out here. I mean, talk if, to me. If it's a, if it goes to the VIR, you better get it right. Especially if you're overturning it, you got to be really sure. So maybe they had some angle that we didn't get or something. I swear, man. I just, I don't know that there's an angle. He barely touches him. Yeah, if it's if it's overturned by VAR, it's like gotta it's gotta. That's the other thing too. You know what? Somebody mentioned this, and nobody's commented on it, so maybe it was wrong. But somebody mentioned that it's not even supposed to be used for fouls in the build up to a, a goal. Which brings me to I was watching the RSL Union game. The announcer kept calling for a foul in the build up to the goal for VAR, and he talked about it for about five minutes while the ref was looking up VAR and they're looking at the replays of the goal uh, after it was scored. And I, the whole time I'm yelling at the TV, he, the player was offside. <laughs> it was F scored a goal. He's offside. Why can't you just notice? And he keeps talking about a foul. And it wasn't even like right before, like this one. Yeah. It was like at least a minute of play backwards. So I don't see why that always has to be keep brought brought up as the foul in the build up. Uh, but I'm okay with it being. I'm okay with it. Okay with it being part of it. But it's not. Oh man. Uh, so also he he got another one taken away by VAR, uh, and that's the Sporting Kansas City game, right? Yeah. He, so this, so the, my point here is that changes the game. It changed Big time. Two nothing, and the Red Bulls are thinking, "Oh man, maybe we need to, maybe we might want to just pack it in a little bit. Let's 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 kill the game down a little bit, and then let's get out of here without getting too much damage done to us." That doesn't seem like Jesse Marsh's well, style. I'm not but saying it's what they would have done, but I'm saying that at some point, if it's two nothing, you have to you kind of have to back up a little bit and say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, okay, guys, come on, let's not get this out of hand." That's more like I think it's more like four nothing, okay. especially with Jesse Marsh. I see what you're saying, right. but live to fight another day. I would see it more as. Let's push for more goals, guys. I know we're down <laughs> two, we lose, but we're gonna lose, let's we might go as well get, lose seven three. Yeah, let's go get some goals and then getting exposed and maybe then deciding to stop giving up more. Um, but yeah, you're right. It it is a big difference. Yeah, and Atlanta will feel as if they were robbed by the referees in this one because uh, the Red Bulls get a penalty. I'm pretty soft. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. It's a pretty soft penalty. I can at least see where they're coming from, though. I could, I saw that as a penalty. penalty. I could see that. Penalty, but I mean, I can at least see, I understand it for the most part. At least I can live with it as a penalty. Uh, Bradley Wright Phillips he gets the second goal then on a great cross by Michael Murillo, and then soon after he scores again on a cross, and the Red Bulls complete control at this point. Uh, Greg Garza though, he gets sent off for a bad studs up, studs up challenge. Where his foot kind of rolls over the ball, yeah. it's the classic. He wasn't really going in studs up, but then he gets hits the ball, and then he hits some studs up. It, it is one of those things that um, it's like unlucky, but it's a red card. I've had um, an argument before with people on the internet about an Ashley Young <laughs> play best. where he goes rolls over the ball and ends up going studs up. Was on it the Manchester City game? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, it, was. it was. Yeah, I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, and it, it was. A it's penalty. a red card, and so many people defending him. It was like and they didn't even give the penalty. Remember. It's like how, yeah, they didn't. It, it's, it's a red card. It's abs- and so that's the thing is, it, it's a great call by the ref because he touches the ball, but if your foot goes over it and you go sets up to someone, it's a red card. Like I don't so think he decision. meant to do it. He didn't mean for it's ball unlucky. Ball, but it's but I mean, look, you hit the guy studs. At some point, there has to be just some clarity of the rules. You hit the guy studs up. 
it's a red card. Yeah. Uh, so I I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Good call. Uh, the other thing in this game that's a little more serious, Kamal Lawrence, he went, he goes down in the 73rd minute. It was really scary. Because it really was. He he just goes down. He, he doesn't get, you know, he doesn't get hit or anything. He's trying to like bring the ball down. He basically gives himself whiplash cuz he tries to like head the ball and then he, but he's like going down so he basically like whiplashes and his head back. Yeah, yeah. As he's falling forward. Really really scary moment. Uh it went on for like 15 minutes where they're trying to stabilize him and make sure he's okay. The reports are now that Yeah, thankfully it looks like he's okay. He's 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 in good health. Nothing seems to be hurt. And I think they send him home. Uh, I I might I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the an off day for the next game, but um, really really glad to see that he's okay for that because he is a fun, he's a gr- hugely underrated player for both Jamaica and the Red Bulls. Yeah, it was just it was awful all around. So glad to see that it's okay. But it did lead to and I've never seen this before. Twelve minutes of stoppage time. I've never seen more of you, or at least any. I've never even seen more than like seven. Um. I maybe I can't recall it, so I'll say no. The closest thing I can remember in my and I don't remember how much stoppage time there was added on, so it could also be that it was more than this. The lights went out during a Copa MX game a couple years ago. It was back in like 2014. It was Puebla against Chivas. Yeah, I know. I remember these things. <laughs> and the lights went out in the stadium. I think it was like 10 minutes. Then they added on like seven. They almost never got it right. This game, he was down for more than twelve minutes, I think. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, but yeah, yeah. To be fair, uh, this game went on for over a hundred minutes. At at some point, you gotta, you gotta call it. Yeah, absolutely. So I think at some point it is kind of fair to chop off some of it. Uh, Tyler Adams. One more note on a Red Bulls player. He he did get injured in this one. Now they are saying it doesn't seem that serious, which is good, because uh, the rumor is that he's heading for Red Bull Leipzig at the end of the MLS season. Uh, good for him. Good for the national team, I imagine, for him to challenge himself. Maybe not so good for the league, but the Red Bulls seem to just replace these people pretty very easily. Plus, also, they get him for the end of the season, if the rumor is true, which it looks like it is. For the, until the end of the year. Which uh, brings an interesting point up. When we're talking about players moving from MLS to Europe, when some of, you know a lot of them don't usually move until the end of the season. Some, most of them don't ever go in the uh, summer transfer window. Yeah. Which is an interesting thing because he's remember he was part of their Concacaf Champions League run, so he's been playing since February, and now he'll be playing until you would think the Red Bulls are going to make the playoffs. So we playing in October. They make a deep run in the playoffs. They'll be playing in November. If they make the MLS Cup, they'll be playing in December. And then he goes and then he will go to Red Bull Leipzig, who will be in the middle of their season at that point, and probably I would imagine join the team after the winter break in Bundesliga. Yeah, um, because he'd have to go um, in January, right? Because of the transfer rules over there, yeah, he'd have to get right. Re- he'd have to get registered in January, yeah. Um, but he'd probably go beforehand and train. It's it's pretty similar to players who come over to MLS in summer, in the summer window. That's true, but they usually don't start right away. Well, and the, the ones that do, because they're you know European they're players, gassed. they have very very stru- they struggle big time. Very very tough uh, second half of the MLS season, their first half. Uh, so it could be tougher, but he's young. It's probably the. Best I mean, it's, it. it's good for him. I mean, uh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. So hopefully it works out for him. Uh, there was one more game on a Monday. Uh, I, I do know the reason now, which is good. Uh, but the LA Galaxy spoiled the party for Montreal, one nothing victory on the road. It was a rare Monday game because the Impact celebrated their 25th anniversary by playing on the actual anniversary, which I commend, though I have to admit when the schedule came out, a Monday game was probably not something many of us were expecting because there aren't that many of them in MLS. No, primarily has a decent amount, but not in MLS. Yeah, so they celebrated their 25th anniversary the only way they know how. 
by losing. Ouch. Yeah, so somehow Zlatan got sent off for slapping Petrasso. So this is what I was talking about when I said you never know. Zlatan's a wild card. He's not the stabilizing force that the Galaxy are going to need. Yeah, but he's entertaining. He's entertaining. I'll give him that. Hey, they got the win. It's true. Somehow. Can't argue results. Uh, There's a rumor out there that they're not happy with the Dos Santos brothers and they want to sell them both. Good ugh, luck. Yeah. Good as luck. As, someone will buy them. Yeah. Somebody that needs Some money. uninformed owner will... Oh, yeah, Mexican somewhere. players who are good at marketing. Ugh. That's basically the Galaxy owners. Yeah, that's there. true. That <laughs> is true. That's basically what brought them there. Uh, can you believe we're talking about the U.S. men's national team and we're not talking about a World Cup roster? We're yes. Talking, I, no, I can't believe it. Stop it. Unbelievable. Uh, they have a friendly coming up on Monday against Bolivia. It is, as you would expect, and as we should all expect, a, a lineup of basically kids and a few. It's in Philadelphia, by the way. Is it really? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I think it's at Taylor Energy. Oh, that's cool. It's a nice-looking stadium. I saw a picture of it the other day with the, where you could actually see the bridge. <laughs> it is kind of cool. That's my uh, my Twitter cover photo. Yeah, it is. That's where I saw it. Oh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, I, I mean, we can sit here for days and talk about who's here and who's not. I mean, look, the keepers at Bono absolutely deserves another crack at it. Hopefully this time he actually gets on the field because last time he didn't. Uh, the U.S. will have two more friendlies against Ireland and France coming in June before the World Cup. So, And they said there will be large turnover for that. So, again, hopefully he gets it. I think if anybody deserves to start this game, Tim. Give him, a, give him a cap. Yeah, because Hamid and Horvath, like, Horvath hasn't played a whole lot at Bruges this season. And then Bill Hamid was only getting integrated at Michelin by the time the, you know, the season basically ended. Yeah. So, so I think Bono absolutely deserves it. And, again, if you're going to turn over the roster, he might not be around for the next turnover. Yeah, I don't know if either of any of them will be. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, although the keeper position, I don't know if we have that many to bring three more. Like that aren't Tim Howard or Brad it's, Guzan. I, I, it's one of like the strongest like, positions okay, so the U.S. Stephen, has ever had. Zach Steffen. Uh, you the, could you could bring in like Yarbrough from Mexico. But Tim Melia. Oh, Tim Milia. Has he ever gotten capped? Uh, Stephen Fry. No, oh, God, no, come on. Um, like, like, like there are people here. Luis Robles. Um, They're not getting called up, though. Luis Robles, Nick Romando. Like, no, but like these are good goalkeepers, right? They are, like, but they, they're, they're not getting called up, they're, I don't think. For the, what? At that point, keep these guys there. Brad Guzan. <laughs> I just stop. Anyway, uh, the defenders, I mean, Cameron Carter-Vickers, uh, all accounts, he had a good loan spell at Ipswich Town after having not-so good one at Sheffield United uh, to the point where he got a contract extension. So good job for Cameron Carter-Vickers. Uh, Lee Hodge, Eric Lee Hodge. Lee Notting- Lehigh, excuse me. Nottingham Forest, goal of the season at the FA Cup, though. Look at him. Hey, yeah. He, actually, he popped up it, for a couple it, in the— If you uh, remember the story— Against Arsenal. He's going yeah. two against Arsenal. And the story goes that his uh, girlfriend told him he could get a dog if he ever scored a hat trick. He's, he's, a, he's a fullback, guys. He was never going to score Not a hat-trick. big goal scorer. But he got two against Arsenal, and the girlfriend acquiesced and allowed him to get a dog. And I'm not a big pets guy, but that's pretty great for good him. Good for him. Uh, Matthew Sunday and Matt Miazga. So Matt Miazga, the Chelsea guy, played a good season at Vitesse. Uh, Matthew Sunday is a Manchester United Academy product. I believe... He was playing for their, like, under-23 side. They had a lot of guys playing in England right now, which is interesting. Yeah, Eric Palmer-Brown, he's Manchester City property, but he went to, like, Sweden. I don't don't know if he'll ever make it there, but, I mean, hey, he's at Manchester United. Anthony Robinson, uh, he was on loan at Bolton this season. He had a good cameo. I think he should absolutely get a shot here as well. Uh, Jorge Villafaña just won uh, Liga Max with Santos Laguna, so a champion. I think the only champion on this list. Uh, Walker Zimmerman from LAFC, who I think has earned a call-up as well, even after their iffy performance against Portland. He's, uh, like, the only defender on this list who's not playing in, 
Well, I mean, there's a one playing in Mexico, but like, who will be in season abroad? Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's or true abroad. Too. So I, I think that that must have had some sort of reason for the picks because other teams are in the middle of their MLS season; they don't want to take him away. So they're saying, let's get these kids who are abroad a chance. Yeah, uh, Joe Corona. He's played the season at Club America. Uh, Lyndon Gooch for Sunderland. Apparently, this team's interested in him in the championship because I don't think we want him playing in League One. Got ruined. Those people are brutes. Yeah. Uh, Julian Green's back. Surprising. Uh, yeah. Well, he said he knew he'd be back. Well, four, who would have thought four years later Julian Green would be in the U.S. side playing a friendly against Bolivia for no reason? Uh, Alejandro Guido. How about that? Uh, first call up for him. Grew up oh, in San Jose. Decent amount of these guys getting yeah. the first first caps. Uh, to be fair, you, you have to play to get capped. Yeah, so but some of these guys got in the last. Some, some, one I, I'm pretty sure Guido someone's sure. going to get there first. Guido, Guido for sure has never been called up. Uh, Weston K- McKinney, uh, not much to say about him. He's uh, been he's been one he of those injured. highly touted. Yeah, he got injured mid-season, abroad. but now it looks like he's back. Uh, Keaton Parks playing for Benfica. My God, look at the name. Look, you look at the team names in this list, and you think this is going to be the greatest <laughs> U.S. Be, team ever. Yeah. My God, Christian Pulisic. Uh, I don't think we need to say anything about him. Rubio Rubin also at Tijuana. Tim Weah. How about they started for PSG in the last game? Good for good for good for the kid. He, he could be a star. Uh, Andrea Novakovic from uh, Reading. Oh, he's on loan. That's right. He was on loan at yeah. uh, that second division club, which he, he destroyed it over there. So hopefully, he gets a shot to do something here. And finally, Josh Sargent. Excited about that one. That Fresh kid's... off of his uh, appearances at the Werder Bremen Academy, essentially, or not the academy, but. Like the youth teams. Yeah. There. So hopefully he gets a shot. He's been really good for the uh, U.S. U20, U17 teams. He started in the last World Cup, yeah, in the Youth World Cup. So hopefully he can keep that up. All right. Well, speaking of teams abroad, uh, one thing. I told you Chelsea would win. You this, did? No. This is a big you... celebration. I had a big celebration. People tried to uh, party poop on me by telling me, oh, you still finished fifth, and oh, you didn't accomplish anything. Well, guess what? Won the FA Cup, which is more than a lot of other teams can say. Spurs, Liverpool if they don't win the Champions League, Manchester United. You mean winning a trophy? Yes, Arsenal. Yeah. Hey, hey. it's more than every other English team except for City. Winning a trophy. Except, well, Liverpool's still in the running. We'll see. Uh, we'll see about Liverpool. Um, but, yeah, c- I mean, congratulations, Eric. Thank you. I, thank you. I, I was this. rooting for you. I needed this. I just thought United would win. I needed so it so badly. Happy to see it. Um, if that's the end for Antonio Conte, then I guess I could have thought of worse ways to go. The Champions League final is the biggest game of the week. And it's I, tomorrow. It's tomorrow, yeah. And, I mean, look, I, I at this point, I don't know that either of us are going to say anything groundbreaking at this point. We talked about it a little last week with my cousin. And I, I think it's just really going to come down to who's the most disciplined team in this game because I, I there's going to be goals. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt about that. There's going to be goals. We'll see. Mohamed Salah fasting during Ramadan. That's interesting. Yep. That plays a part. I mean, we'll see if Ronaldo, if he's anywhere no, close to 100%, if he's going to play at all. I mean, you never know because of how these smoke screens work. Uh, the Real Madrid tradition of taking every single player in the squad to the final continued this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see uh, what kind of lineups Zidane chooses. We'll see if you know Liverpool really do just go out there and say, look, playing our way has gotten us this far. Let's keep doing it. Uh, we'll see. Uh, who you got? Oh God! Uh, I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah, Liverpool. It's it, like it, I think this game comes more down to how Liverpool is going to play than how Real Madrid's going to play, because I, we've seen Real Madrid playing pretty consistently. If anything, if anyone lets up their guard, they're going to hammer you. If they catch you on a counter, they're going to hammer you. Liverpool 
has been less efficient on both sides. They're more likely, I think, to get a counter and play quick and direct, but they're also much more susceptible at the back. Uh, Salah versus Marcelo will be good. Oh, yeah, for sure. Be a very be a very interesting matchup. Um, it, Sané versus whoever. Real Madrid trots out on the other side, too. Um, yeah, Sadio Mane will be uh, an interesting... He, he's more that likely... That wasn't a slight, by the way. It's just we literally don't know who's going to play opposite of Marcelo. It could be Nacho. It could yeah. be, I think it's going to be Carvajal. But um, it could be Lucas Vazquez. Exactly. Uh, so I, I mean, Firmino is going to be massive for them if he could put on the same kind of energy... But it more is going to come down to the back line because if the back line can kind of connect, get the ball forward, and keep out those defend the Real Madrid attack will be huge. I mean, we're, we're expecting to see Andy Robertson at left back probably, maybe Milner because of his experience. Uh, but Robertson and Trent and Alexander Arnold at either fullback, that's going to it's a lot of inexperience, but they're good players. Yeah, well, uh, Trent and Alexander Arnold too getting called into the English squad, so that might end our hopes of bringing him to this side. Yeah, it seems unlikely. At this point. <laughs> it was probably scapped. unlikely to begin with. So. Uh, yeah, very Pick. unlikely. But uh, I mean, were they going to play Lovren and Van Dyke? Neither have been exactly convincing. So susceptible. But if if they can, if they're solid, they have a chance. Your pick, yeah. Emmett. We your pick. I, I'm going to. Um, oh, oh. <laughs> you never answered pick? the question. Yeah, that's my pick. <laughs> Liverpool's your pick. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with Liverpool just so I can be an outsider. Who do you got? I just don't see it, man. I got to go with Real Madrid. As annoying as it'll be, them winning a third straight Champions League. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't see it. I, I think that yeah. their experience in the finals, Jurgen Klopp's not been great in finals himself. So it's it's going to be really tough for Liverpool. It's going to be a fun game, though. So I look yeah. forward to watching it tomorrow on uh, Bart Simpson Fox. It's the final Champions League game on Fox because next season they'll revert to Turner. Or not revert, but they're heading to Turner. Yeah, sports, and you get to watch all the games on Bleacher Report live, which is the most ridiculous thing in the world. Like, horrendous. (sighs) Anyway, one last thing before we get going. The U.S. Open Cup fourth round draw came out yesterday. Ooh. And so that means it's officially on our radar now, and this is the American Soccer Show, so we do have to talk about our domestic cup. How about this? The Philadelphia Union draw the Richmond Kickers from USL. Get to host that game. Uh, that I have no opinion on that. <laughs> That's fair. I wouldn't. There's have. some more games. There's some other games that I'm much, much more excited to see, such as the Columbus Crew hosting the Chicago Fire, because an all MLS matchup in the fourth round is exactly what everyone wants. I mean, it's about as close to a rivalry that the Fire have no. vicinity-wise, and they're miles and miles away. I mean, there's a lot of ones that, like the kickers, like, eh. but um, Louisville. Louisville was won that so cool. USL last year. Going to go to uh, they're hosting New England, so I mean New England's been good, but that's like a winnable game. The New York another New York derby, Miami Orlando, like yeah, that could be fun. Uh, Miami didn't Miami beat them last year? So uh, yeah, uh, there's also Nashville SC taking on Colorado Rapids, the spiritual predecessors to the Nashville team, and yeah, that's going to be the same team. I'm pretty sure. Well, I mean, not the players, but like, it's, <laughs> that's the not. team. That's the team that's going to MLS. I hope is that, not. Speaking uh, of new teams, FC Cincinnati is, I think, basically confirmed. Not that they weren't before, but now they are. So good for them. LAFC make their Open Cup debut against Fresno FC. That'll be cool for their fans, and it's at home too. So we'll see what kind of crowd they can get on a weekday. Cool to see Fresno there. They're a new team. Yeah. Uh, doing pretty well in USL. PDL team, FC Golden State Force, taking on the LA Galaxy at StubHub Center. That's a big game for Exciting. them. Exciting. I, I thought about playing PDL at one point, but... <laughs> yeah, I bet, you, I bet you did. I thought about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, we all think about things, too. Uh, NXT and uh, NTX Rayados 
that is an amateur team had to go through like they started qualifying for this thing last year in September. So the, great story for them. They get to play against the Houston Dynamo at Houston. Hopefully, they, I'm not to disparage Houston Dynamo, but I kind of hope NTX continues to win because that's a great story. I mean, uh, Dynamo aren't going to play their starters, but s- still should probably get a win. There's one more team I wanted. Oh, Miami United FC. Yeah, the NPSL team. That was the only other one, but you got that. So that's basically it. Uh, the only uh, like the the other MLS MLS matchup is Portland Timbers against San Jose Earthquakes. And I and I wouldn't sleep on the Sacramento Seattle game. Sacramento is another team in the running for a potential MLS bid. So yeah, t- teams like that, it's it's put a damper on that. Yeah, for but now. for now, but they're probably going to be one of the favorites moving forward. So they should be. Uh, this it could be a, it could be a big game for that in that regard. I would agree with that. Uh, all right, let's finish this thing up. 22 teams in action this week. No Atlanta. So that means we won't get to drool over them this week. What are we supposed to do? What are we going to talk about next week? Uh, it's not Atlanta. I don't know. Even if they're losing, they're exciting. A triple header on Friday. Or tonight. Tonight. Forget Friday. Today tonight. is Friday. Today is Friday. Happy Friday, everyone. National TV games on Univision Deportes and Unimas. So Houston Dynamo hosts NYCFC. 855 Eastern and then at 11 Eastern. LA Galaxy hosts the San Jose Earthquakes. Cali Clasico. Not so much on a Clasico these days, but <laughs> yeah, uh, it's Kyle not a cluster. Ex- exactly. I mean, hopefully the players and the fans get up for it because of the rivalry. But that Houston Dynamo game is going to be the uh, exciting because they've been playing a lot better. And uh, after going into New York and really getting kind of obliterated, this will be. I've been a trying good to figure out why MLS scheduled three games on a Friday night. And then didn't and this, I think I figured it out. I think it's because the Champions League final is going on, and I guess they figure they don't want to cannibalize anything that they're doing. Yeah, because the first game on Saturday isn't until five p.m. Eastern. And the, the but the Champions League will probably the Champions League will probably be, be over by four thirty. Four thirty. Yeah, about then. So um, they, they, there will be some. No, it's not going to be overlap. It could be. I'm with you. They definitely were like, let's try to avoid overlapping because nobody's going to go for that. Yeah, and uh, game of the week. I guess I'll just stick to Orlando City against Chicago Fire. I, I want to see because now this is two teams starting to really lose any momentum that they had going into these past couple weeks. Now they're both teams are kind of on a slide. So we'll see if either team kind of snaps out of it. Could be a get-right game for Orlando. Could be a chance for Chicago to make a, some noise against a, a better opponent. A, a good team. Yeah, I'm going to pick... Um, it's going to be the first time I've done this. I'm going to pick the Union versus the Red Bulls going into Yikes. New York. It, they're always exciting games. The Union have a pretty decent record against the Red Bulls. Mostly we're calling at, it exciting? Okay. Mostly at home. Well, here's the thing is the Union like to press high. The, the Red Bulls like to press high but are good at it. So the game usually ends up being pretty end-to-end. Um, and there is a bit of a rivalry there. I think less so from the Red Bulls than the Union because the, the Red Bulls have another team in their city. Um, but those are usually fun games, so... That's one to watch, watch out for. All right. And uh, Sunday, 6 p.m. Eastern, Sporting Kansas City against Columbus Crew on good old FS1. That'll wrap up your national TV schedule for this week. Yeah, that one I think will also be will be pretty good because um, both teams playing really well. Um, and uh, I still think Sporting is the... Uh, the favorite in this game, but the way Columbus is playing, even on the road, uh, it, it, it should be exciting. Good defensive teams. 
Anyway, that's all we have uh, today on the American Soccer Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Stitcher and iTunes. We're also on TuneIn Radio. Also in TuneIn Radio. Uh, we did an episode recently with the Mostly Basketball Girls, so check that out. I'm Emmett McConnell alongside Eric Alcantor. Until next time, signing off.